2: And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here. Bob, sorry. Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online on this lovely Saturday morning. Nice and rainy out there for you. And uh, we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. So as you guys know, I've had some issues with my old uh, router at home. And uh, one of the things about uh, technology is they fail right I mean things fail with technology. I know I know you want to buy your computer like you're buying a, a vehicle or something like that, but they wear out components wear out processors wear out they overheat capacitors expand and my old router was starting to fail. my kids are starting to drive me bonkers because like dad it keeps dropping at me it keeps dropping us it keeps dropping us. <laughs> And, you know, the, the old shoemaker's children issue here, it's like, I didn't want to mess with my own stuff. <laughs> I'm like everybody else. But I did, and so uh, I went and did some research and uh, settled on uh, a Linksys EA9500 MaxStream. And uh, so my old router firewall was a 1900 ACS by Linksys, and uh, it had four little antennas. And, of course, I upgraded. This This monster has, gosh, eight antennas on it. And it's got dual streams for the five gigahertz bands. So if your phone is smart enough to connect via five gigahertz, uh, you'll get more performance, but you really won't get more performance. So this is the one thing you guys, we've talked about it before, just because you're connected at a thousand megabits from your phone to your router, it doesn't change anything. If your internet speed is 80 megabits, right? It doesn't change anything. And again, 80 is plenty. 50 is plenty megabits for most internet use, um, so just because you can connect that fast, don't think it's going to make any difference in your life <laughs> at all. Uh, but it, it, the device is really very good. It's, it took me about 20 minutes to set up, and uh, everything's been working great with it. Very solid. The, the uh, broadcast uh, performance on the SSIDs is very good. Uh, much better range than I had before, so it covers the whole house very well. And uh, highly recommend it. Drawback. It's about 350 bucks. So it's not a cheap solution. The old solution I had in place, the Linksys AC, ACS 1900, 1900 ACS, was about $200. So I got it through committee with very little um, pushback from the members. This time. This time, yeah. Because <laughs> I think she was sick of hearing the kids complain, too. Um, so, you know, this this one should hopefully last. So with most most technology, I'm hoping for at least six years, right? Six years on my computer, six years on my laptops, hopefully six years on a router. It could go longer, Right? It could go longer. Um, but it's, it's going to run now 24-7, 365. And things break.
1: And you got to upgrade the firmware.
2: And then they break it further. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and change the password.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, of course, it's all configured. Uh, check it out. We'll, we'll put a link up there for you out of our computer talk if you want to take a look at what I settled on. But it doesn't mean it's necessarily the best solution, right? There's plenty of great solutions out there. I wanted to find one with great broadcast range, right? I wanted as much Wi-Fi coverage with one device as I could find, and that really was my my real settling factor. Um, And the performance is great. Plenty of processing powers. And it also has um, uh, MIMO, and that kind of allows for a nice direct Wi-Fi signal between the devices rather than sharing the band. You have more of a direct connection to the Wi-Fi system, which can improve your performance. Um, Again, if you're doing any kind of streaming or what have you, but Highly recommend it so far. <laughs> if it changes, I'll let you know. But it's only been running for a week, so it's not really a long test, but uh, it is in place. So, Bob, what do you have for uh, technology news?
1: Okay. you See, seen that article. Yeah. Draft law could put encryption at risk, report says. Oh,
2: boy. We were talking about encryption last week with uh, okay. Apple not really blocking their off-site backup and allowing for the encryption to be broken. <laughs> so, what do you got here? Whose law is this? This is
1: the earn it bill. Earn it? Earn it. Yes. You can quote. Quote, earn it, unquote, Bill, was drafted by Senator Lindsey Graham Hmm. to find better ways to protect children online, earlier reports said. Why is all legislation only about protecting the children? Oh, yeah. What the heck is he talking about? Yeah. Well, we got to protect the children. Um, End-to-end encryption could be at risk. If a new bill to protect children online becomes law, Senator Lindsey Graham drafted the Eliminating Abusive and Rampant Neglect of Interactive Technologies Act of 2019. What? Earn it. Okay. Yeah, they have a little short name for it. (laughs) It could uh, affect platforms like Facebook's WhatsApp and Mm -hmm. Apple's iMessage, which use encrypted messaging. Right. The draft law would see a national co- would see a national commission on online child exploitation okay. and prevention formed, which would be able to develop best practices for providers of an interactive computer service, mm-hmm. taking into account the size, product, and business model of a company.
2: Oh my goodness! So Companies—they're they're would- saying they're gonna they're gonna don't want to allow encryption because of the exploitation of children. That's their reasoning. Yeah. which is not. Okay. A fair way to talk about encryption.
1: Companies would then have to coordinate with the commission to preserve, remove from view, and report material relating to child exploitation of or sex, or child sexual abuse. That's in other all words, all fine. We all, we all agree want with that. They some government organization to watch every me- to look at every
2: message that you send
1: and receive
2: in the name of that. Right. But of course we want to make sure people are reporting that type of activity. Of course. Nobody has any problem with that. But to say to get rid of encryption over it, that's well, gonna be well, a let's create another government bureaucracy wow. with thousands of people. To watch all the traffic.
1: <laughs> that you know, who's yeah. paying for that? Yeah, well there's okay. that too, yeah. While social media platforms already have systems for finding and removing such material, right. they cannot spot it in their messaging services that use encryption. The draft legislation could therefore weaken legal protections for encrypted services, right. Bloomberg reported Thursday. Hmm. This is because if a company doesn't abide by those best practices, it could lose some protections under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, hmm. which prevent protects tech giants from liability over users' posts. Bloomberg said the 19 page bill has yet to be introduced, according to the report, but it would require info from social media as well as cloud services, emails and text platforms to be accessed in lawsuits over child exploitation and abuse. Previously, Apple had been able to avoid opening up access to alleged criminals phones. U.S. President Donald Trump tweeted his criticism of the company's stance on January 22nd, saying the tech giant has the keys to many criminals, criminal minds.
2: Right. So, so again, encryption is the only thing we have for for privacy. Period, right? And of course, when you put it in the context of, of child exploitation, they make it sound like you've got to do this. You've got to protect the children, which we all agree. We of course you got to protect the children, but you, this is how they always write the laws and this is how our privacy keeps getting eroded. And and just to think that they are going to do this. Let's let's just say this passes in the name of the children. It's not Pablo Escobar's son is well, producing cell phones with encryption. Do you think they're going to comply? You're not it, going to find encryption elsewhere? What it says, all, is that if you come up with an instant messaging platform... Right, you need to make sure they can read the No, messages. you
1: have to get it approved before you can sell it.
2: Yeah, but if it's coming out of Brazil or if it's coming out of Colombia... So? They're not going to deal with... That. What are you going to do? You're going to VPN well, and that, do whatever you that want. That means
1: if you're an American, you can't start a company, an instant messaging company, well, can
2: you? You can't, but <laughs> the problem is the... The actual problem they're trying to solve for is still out there. The criminals are going to still use uh, encryption, as are the (laughs) non-criminals.
1: Everybody knows that the criminals always obey the laws.
2: Very interesting, Bob. Well, this is kind of on the same vein of that. Um, Maryland. This is another silly law. (laughs) So Maryland's been hit with ransomware, right, constantly. Their government's over and over getting whacked with ransomware because they have awful backups, obviously, and they have really poor security. But what do they want to do? In, instead of working on the problem, they want to make malware possession a crime. <laughs> yes, you heard it right. So the the, uh, the sub-headline here is – this is, again, from my favorite uh, blog out there in England, The Register. The, this, the sub-headline here is, Hardened Cyber Crooks Must Be Shaking in Their Boots. <laughs> yes, you go, Maryland. You make malware possession a crime. Uh, they'll stop hitting you with ransomware. Um Look, guys, what we have to do is make Bitcoin a crime, right? You can't allow for the transaction of turning fake money into real money because that's how the criminals are hitting you with ransomware. They're not asking for dollars. They're asking for Bitcoin that they then go and transfer for real dollars. And you got to either make those exchanges pay heavily when, they, when they're being used to do this, this kind of money laundering, but telling the bad guys not to use malware, make it a crime, is gonna change nothing, Maryland. Um, just like you, just like they had the whole thing where they were gonna, they were gonna pledge to not pay the ransom. Well, when your entire government computer system is encrypted
1: because you didn't
2: have <laughs> the proper solutions, <laughs> proper security, proper backup, what are you gonna do? Either pay the ransom or spend weeks being down, which is fine. I mean, we wouldn't notice if government was down for a couple of weeks. We so probably we would all celebrate, but. In this in this case, this this new law is just, guys, you're dingleings, man.
1: I would argue if the government went down, they'd be dancing in the streets. <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh, <laughs> but again, you can't go that way, guys. The problem is, is uh Bitcoin. That is the problem. Fake money converted into real money, and there and it's untraceable. However, I did read a story recently where. Uh, an insurance company who had to pay a million dollars to the bad guys is actually going after the bad guys. And they're going after an exchange that's over in the Cayman Islands or something like that. They trace the actual uh, transaction of these Bitcoins. And uh, what it turns out is these actual uh, exchanges have to kind of keep a record of who their people are. And if you can follow the blockchain – forensically, I guess, I'm not an expert at this, but I read, was reading the article, if you follow the the blockchain, you can actually find who the bad guys are now. And if you're an insurance company who just lost a million dollars because of your cyber policy, you might have incentive to do that. And they might have found these two guys who encrypted, I don't know what business they encrypted, or they encrypted a, a town, or who knows what they did. Um, and they might be they might be caught. Now, hopefully they're in a country that has an extradition treaty with the United States, but if they're in a, in a place like Iran or what have you, you're not going to do anything about it still. You're back to the whole Bitcoin problem. So I would tell you, get rid of Bitcoin, you get rid of your ransomware problem. Mm-hmm. It's fake money. We're going to step out for a quick break. we got three lines open for you. eight hundred nine six six wtic 522-WTIC. Mark and Bristol, hang on. But we'll, we'll be right back. What is it? We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're gonna be here till eleven o'clock. Feel free to get online. Three lines open for you on this lovely Saturday morning. I know it's a you know a little cloudy out there, and and you've been thinking about your computer, and you're kind of thinking about cuddling up with your computer, and it just doesn't work, right? So feel free to get online. We'll do our best to help you out. Or if you want to talk about encryption, you want to talk about um, anything. You want to talk about Bitcoin? Uh, have you had any hit success with Bitcoin, or has your wallet been hacked? <laughs> There's always that going around. Um, feel free to get online. But let's get to your calls. You're going to go to Mark in Bristol. What's going on, Mark? Good
3: morning, gentlemen. Love your show. Thank you. I just received my new Windows 10 desktop, and it has a 512-gig solid-state drive set up as the primary hard drive, and now I want to create a, a full-image copy of it. And in your opinion, what would be the best device to use? Would it, would it be a, a separate external hard drive, or could I use a high-capacity flash drive?
2: Um... You would need a very high-capacity flash drive, I think. So I would go to the hard drive. If you just want to make an image copy as your system looks now so you have it in case you have to restore, I would get just a high-capacity hard drive rather than trying to find the right-size flash drive.
3: Okay. Do you recommend a specific brand of external hard drives?
2: Uh, Seagate, Western Digital are the big brands out there uh, that we use in our our practice. So I don't have any other other ideas, Bob, besides those. Just
1: about any of them is going to be good, provided that you have to use it i mean right you're you going to create the you image. Do a, yeah an image but you also want to do a backup
2: on a regular basis
1: because you know if that image gets a couple <laughs> years old you're not getting the updates with it right you know yeah you're not getting whatever is changed on your
2: computer that's true so how often do you plan on backing up, Mark?
3: Well, that was my next question. I mean, after you create a full image copy of your primary hard drive, uh, how often would you create a new copy? Would it be once a year, twice a year? or, or
2: what? Well, it depends on how much data changes, right? Like Bob said, so every update that comes down um, is going to get incorporated in the operating system. And the longer you go, like a year or two out, if you did have a crash, you had to reload the old image, then you're going to do all those updates again to get you current. And that's, that's a big pain. But then so, you'll still
1: lose your data. And
2: you'll still lose your data, right, a years where the data's gone.
1: So the new backup technology will not only back up your whole image, but it also up, uh, uh, updates the data you know that has changed since right. your last backup.
2: So Acronis is a, is an image-based backup system, right? So if you get a, a good imaging image-based software that'll take the image of your system and do deal with incrementals, And then you can set it. Say, okay, every week I want a full backup, and then Monday through Friday I'm going to incrementally back up. That's how we would recommend it. But now, you don't want to do it to just one target, and you don't want that one target always connected to your system because it'll be encrypted with the same ransomware your computer gets encrypted with. Right, I would only
4: uh, hook up
3: the external hard drive when I want to make this full image copy backup.
2: Right, but you're a human. And the problem is humans procrastinate. So, you'll plug into your backup today and you may not touch it again for months. And who knows how much data you could lose if you don't do it more regularly. So, we tell you to get an A, a B, maybe a C uh, drive. So, you had three drives or two and rotate them. So, you put it, you know, right on it the backup date today, back it up, next one rotate out, back it up. The thing tomorrow. is, you,
1: you can schedule this. Yeah. So, it happens automatically. So, you don't have to really deal with it.
2: But you still get to swap the hard you still drives.
1: Still got to swap the hard drives and so disconnect them. Let's say you created two backups to alternate every other day. Right. Then you could every other day you just you know unplug one, plug in the other one, and then you go back and forth. Right. And then you're up to date. You're
2: most you're going to lose is a day's worth of data. That's really comes down to you. What are you willing to lose?
3: Right. Okay. No, you've answered all my questions. That's great.
2: All right, Mark. Good luck. Thank you. You got it. Bye bye. Bye bye. Backup is key. Backup, 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 as we always say. uh, More than
1: one shot at your data.
2: (laughs) The one thing we can guarantee is you're going to have some kind of failure. And the more common type of failure these days is ransomware and encryption, right? So if you don't have any kind of security awareness training implemented in your company to train your people, you could have great web filtration built in. You could have great email filtration and security. And sadly, in our small business client base, we bring on new clients all the time. Most of them don't have any of this. Those two things, good email um, filtration and good web filtration, will greatly improve your security. You know, eighty percent, right? You're not gonna, you're gonna have less chance of going to the bad, the bad sites, and you're gonna have much less chance of the bad email coming down. Last step is antivirus. That'll give you another ten percent, but you still get that ten percent hanging out there. And you know who those guys are your people.
1: I was at a client yesterday. Yeah. And they printed out this email and showed it to me. Yeah. And there was a link in the email, right? And it came from one of the people that was in their own
2: office, because they were spoofed or something. Yes,
1: and so they asked them, "Did you send me this email?" And they said, "No." Right.
2: So they were spoofed, and they they could, but it looked
1: like a real email.
2: Exactly, and that's where security awareness training comes in. So the last step is to train your people on what to look out for when it comes to phishing emails. And our technology that we do for our clients gives them a good hour-plus-long training, interactive training technology. And then we fish them regularly, giving them the opportunity as, a, as an end user to identify the email as a phishing attempt. And then they're, they're congratulated for saving their company because, yes, you're right. You, were, you pointed out the simulated phishing. Or if they click on it, they get the old wah-wah and they're put back into remedial training. <laughs> and then you you actually will figure out who your clickers are in your organization because they seem to keep falling for it. Those are the people that will encrypt your entire business. Now, if that happens, you now got to go to backup because you've it, the 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 bad guys got past your email scans, they got past your web defense scans, and they got past the AV. Which happens, your user inadvertently let it go past because they didn't realize it was a trick. Now, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to have to go to a good backup. And if your backup is poor, you're going to be down for weeks. If you have no backup, <laughs> just just close the doors. <laughs> um, and your backup has to be a good one. It has to be an image-based backup of your system that has both a local and offsite component.
1: And you have to test do a test
2: restores
1: to make, make sure, sure it that works. it's actually getting the data.
2: It's a really bad day when you do a restoration and, and your backup no has data. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really bad day. Heck, that's why we created Patrol Dog. You probably have heard the ads. That's why we cre- created Patrol Dog to keep an eye on our client's servers and your servers, because we can't trust you to swap out the cartridges in the old days, or we can't trust the system to make sure it's going to back up. So we have to double check that it is on a regular basis, so that if and when that day comes, which sadly it comes, you have to be able to restore.
1: There's nothing worse than the pit of the pit of your stomach feeling when you got to tell a client you have no backup.
2: Right. It was preventable. Most of the time that ever happens in our case when they don't listen to the type of backup we tell them to use. And they're like, oh, I was doing, I was changing out my hard drive that was connected to the server on a regular basis. Well, it's encrypted. I'm sorry. Where's your other hard drive? Oh, it's the only one we use. Really?
1: Oh, my thumb drive that I was backing up on failed.
2: You're done. <laughs> So keep that in mind. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock, guys. Four lines open on this lovely Saturday morning. Feel free to get online. 800 966 WTIC 522 WTIC. Uh, feel free to get online. Everything we talk about today is going to be posted over at ComputertalkWithTab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And if you follow us on Facebook, if you like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook, and Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy, it may get into your news feed. And then, of course, if you follow us on Twitter at Syst, I don't know how you have time to even use Twitter, but if you do and you follow us on Twitter, uh, these will also get into your Twitter feed as well. We're going to step out for a quick break. We'll be right back. We're back. This is Computer Talk with Tab, and all the lines are all jammed up. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning. We do appreciate it. Otherwise, Bob and I will just talk about our kids, and you don't want to hear about that. Let's go on to uh, Jeff in South Carolina first. Morning, Jeff. What can we do for you?
5: Oh, yeah. Good morning. How you
2: doing? Good, sir. Uh,
5: yeah, I uh, got a couple questions. The first one is about backing up our hard drive. I got several external hard drives, and I had several computers over the past years. Yep. I, you know, I might have backed up information. Yeah. And now I want to try to uh, back up, clean up some of those external drives, so I can make a uh, a, a good backup for yep. my new computer. Yep. Sure. Uh, but how do I distinguish uh, the information that's on the other? External drives to remove them. I mean, like if I got a backup on that of
4: an old system, with it? I mean, you know,
2: it's confusing. Uh, yeah, it's confusing, right? So that's where record keeping comes in, where you know it's helpful going forward. You should maybe keep a log with your backup of what you're doing, because looking at the data itself of the of the the backup target. It might have dates, Uh it might have date stamps on the backup saying, here's when you wrote the file, so you'll know how old it is. And if you look Uh at this, what software did you use, Jeff, to do the backup?
5: Uh, I just did it from, uh, I just backed it up on an external drive.
2: Well, what software did you use? Did you copy and paste? Did you use a backup tool?
5: I just used a a copy tool uh, that came with uh, Windows, whatever version of Windows I was using at the
2: time. All right, so you probably used the backup software that came with that version of Windows is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, so you can, you can plug the hard drive in and you might see some date stamps as of when the files were written and that uh-huh. might give you a clue as to how old they are or what system they had to do with. But going forward, right. you should keep a little log of what you're doing in the software you're using to back it up with. Go ahead, Bob.
1: I would uh, create a uh, new folder called uh, New Backup and then uh-huh. um, run a full backup and point the backup into that new backup folder. And uh-huh. once that's complete, I delete all the old backups. Then, then that's all you have. Right. right. The new okay, backup.
5: So you are so saying take all I got about two or three external drives, back them up to my new uh, external drive, and.
2: Well, not really. Yeah. What Bob is saying, if you want to create a new backup, you could create a new folder. But your problem is you're not sure what you have on those drives, right? No, I'm not
5: sure. You're
2: right. Yeah, and that's the that's the biggest issue with backup is where the rubber hits the road is when you actually perform a restoration. And a lot of people right. forget what they use for the backup software. When the computer's dead, right, and you're looking at a blank screen, mm-hmm. you're going to say to yourself, huh, what? What did I use? What what did I use the built-in Windows backup cuz people kind of forget. Did you know did I did I buy a software to back it up? And if you don't know these things, it can get kind of ugly as far as trying to figure out what you have. Now, if these old machines are done and and finished and you've been moving your data from the other computers to your new computer, Jeff, do you really need to worry about the backup of the old systems? I don't know that you do.
5: Probably not, probably not because, I mean, I got a, 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 quite a bit of data on the new one already and that's what I was thinking. I said, I might not even need to be concerned with it. I mean, I was right, right out of mind.
2: Right, well, yeah, um, and if you did you ever have a crash, sir? Did you ever fail? Did you ever have a system failure?
5: Yeah, a long time ago. Okay. Uh, but since then, no. I, I, I took your advice. I unplugged my, uh, my external drive so I so it wouldn't get encrypted. Nice. I did a scan on there. You know how long it took it to scan that using WebRoot? 25 hours. I believe it. Well, I couldn't believe, But I got one more question here. Yeah. Uh, I want to cut the cable, but the TV, I got, uh, well, I got direct TV, so I got a box for the TV, and then I got the router. So I'm going to have to re- replace both of those in order to cut the cable?
1: Direct TV is satellite TV.
2: That's a little different. Uh, right, but do you have? Where's your internet through? Is that through Directv?
5: Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I got AT and T. Ah. And we got fiber optic.
2: You have fiber optic high speed internet in yeah. South Carolina. Man, you're a lucky man. Yeah. Okay, so I know. yeah, so you only you, okay in the AT and T router is it their router or your router, Jeff?
5: It's there. A while all the equipment is there. Okay. The BG
2: two hundred something. Like nice. All right. So here's the thing: you don't need to necessarily change anything other than get rid of your Direct TV satellite service, and then you got to buy. So to, to test this out, go buy a Roku, or go buy a Nvidia Shield, or go buy an Apple TV. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Go buy an Amazon Fire Stick. Plug it into one of your TVs. And okay, then I got a fire All right, then connect it to your network and then okay. do a test, you know, you, you can do a YouTube TV for I think it's a week for free. So sign all up right. sign up for YouTube TV or Hulu or wherever you're going to do and see how it works on your system, right? See how well you get your 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 streaming looks. With fiber, I suspect right. it'll be fine. And then if you like the channels, you like the service, then you can call DirecTV and give them the bad news. As long as you keep your fiber service, you can't you can't get rid of your internet. You can only so get I rid of like, the TV like channels.
5: That. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like, I got cameras all around my house. The lady next door, she's a blonde, and she was, like, in her house, at, and it was late at night, and the dog was barking. So she got up, went downstairs, and then came back in. The, the neighbor's dog was barking all night. She couldn't sleep. Yeah. So she uh, went yeah. and looked outside, went downstairs, came back, and her husband said, uh, uh, what do you did?" What do you do? She said, hey, I'll put the dog in our yard. I want her to see how that dog sound barking all night.
2: <laughs> what? All right, so you've got cameras is what you're telling me. You've got internet cameras, and you've been using those for security?
5: That was a joke,
2: uh, Eric. Oh, okay, because I have no idea what you're talking about, man. It's got to be, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to listen to your question. I'm like, either that South Carolina humor that I'm not getting, uh, or, I mean, everybody up here in Connecticut's like, what the heck is Jeff talking about? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so check out the uh, stream, and hope that works for you, and I'm going to try to figure out that joke after I listen to it on the podcast.
5: <laughs> she was a blonde. She went outside. She moved the dog to her yard, so the people that had the dog could see how the dog sound barking all
2: night. Gotcha. Is a blonde joke? Is it a blonde joke? It's a blonde joke. All right. Joke. <laughs> you got to work on that one, man. Yeah,
5: yeah. I got to work on my delivery. Keep
2: your day job. I will. All right,
5: Jeff. All right, bye.
2: Take it easy. I love it when Jeff calls from South Carolina. He always has these jokes that I always don't get them. I don't understand. I don't know why I just don't get them. All right, let's move on. I think it is because I'm actually listening to so many of these calls, and I assume whatever you're talking about is real. (laughs) Let's go on to Bill and Bolton. What's going on, Bill?
3: Well, uh, I'm cleaning house, and I'm going to kind of age myself. I have two... T-99-4A's.
4: Oh, my Lord.
3: Complete with three keyboards, the discs, the books. The, wow. All the cables has a floppy disc in them. They're the two big hard units. Is there anybody I can give them to other than throw them away?
2: Not that I've ever heard. You'd have to have some weird collector that would maybe collect <laughs> Beanie Babies and old old the, computers.
1: Texas Instruments? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah T-99-4A's. Yeah, you could Yeah, Bob saying reach out to Texas Instruments and see if they have any interest in it. But I can't imagine <laughs> anybody else wanting to take your garbage.
3: Well, I was thinking that maybe somebody would take them and then they could actually, you can program them. Well, I go back where they used to use Fortran, Cobalt, Assembler, RPG.
2: Right.
1: Well, all dead languages. <laughs> Old stuff. Well,
2: believe it or not, Cobalt is still it's used so by our can insurance can, clients, insurance companies here in Connecticut. But well,
3: uh the thing is, I used to buy millions of cars from jersey tab are you the same people no
2: no 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 we're not <laughs> we're just tab
3: because i back in my day it was fourteen oh one, seven oh seventy four. 7074 then they moved up to the 360s
2: yeah old stuff man
3: but uh, there is no use for them i have no
2: no you <laughs> want to recycle them properly so don't throw them in a landfill you want to make sure they end up in a you know, electronics recycling. And a lot of your towns will accept it separately as, as a you know.
3: Yeah, our town does
2: do that. Yeah. But, yeah, Bill, I can't think of anybody that would have any use for them whatsoever.
3: <laughs> well, thanks very much. That's <laughs> all I wanted to know. All Thank right.
2: You. You're welcome, Bill. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's one of those things with the technology. I mean, it doesn't really get cooler That's as so it gets old. older. I
1: mean, the configura- configuring that old equipment was a lot of work. Because yeah. you had to work with, you know, the config sys file. and Right. And you had to put your drivers, list your drivers in the right order to get them to work. And, yeah.
2: You couldn't do a whole lot with those things. But now we have computers that still can't even tell time. So we've made it a long way. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Ken in Prospect. What's up, Ken?
6: Hi. How are you doing?
2: Good. How uh, are you? Good.
6: Uh, <clears throat> last year I got a new Dell Inspiron i five 8 ram etc nice um recently i'd say in the last few months the windows update um a couple of them have started to fail mm-hmm. i've tried um i've tried resetting windows update i've tried manual installs you know i did some research online i've tried a few different solutions
2: so did you find the manual install for that particular update that microsoft puts out sometimes yes the helper the it install helper take-
6: it had a KB article, so I went and, you know, kind of found that, and it had a manual instructions. Yep. I did that. It's it, And what happens is it says it's installed, then you do the restart, and then it says, you know, problems are found. We're, we're removing this update.
1: Right. Rolling it back. Rolling it back.
6: Rolling it back, yeah. So I paused the updates to, you know, kind of stop that. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if I should call Dell or Microsoft or something like that.
2: Well, here's the thing. That's- The question you have to ask yourself is, is my computer working poorly or not?
6: Right. No, it's fine.
2: Right. So there's that step. Yep. Getting the updates can be just as problematic as not getting them. Yep. So we're going to be a little jaded in our advice here to you. So for security reasons, you do want Microsoft to update their software because there's plenty of problems with it. I mean, the NSA came out with that big warning just after Windows 7 was deprecated, literally the day later, and said, you yep. better update your Windows 10 because you got a huge problem with Windows 10. Um, yeah. so there's a point there where your government's telling you to upgrade an update. So there's a risk that you probably need to make sure it happens and updates for you. However, your mach- it's not, it's not, not working. So. I I guess the moral of the story is you have to keep fighting with these updates until they finally go if you want them to work. Pausing them are not going to be the solution. What version of Windows 10 are you currently on? Have you done a Winverse so we have an idea where you are?
6: Uh, I haven't done that. Uh, Let's see where you are. I'll do that that right now. But I did notice um, uh, at the beginning of the, the name of these updates, right, cumulative update for .NET framework, et cetera. Yeah. At the front of that, it says 2020-01. Does that mean it was? it's a version as of 2020-01, like January of 2020?
2: Probably. Like,
6: so I could try again and see if this version installs.
2: Well, let's see what version you're on. Like right now, my okay. Windows 10 is running 1909.
6: I am on 1903.
2: All right, so you're behind.
1: So you could probably do an upgrade that might fix this problem.
2: What kind of upgrade? Yeah. How does he get around the, the failed?
1: Well, the 1909, they released it and pulled it back, yeah, and then they released it again, yeah. and they pulled it back. I think it's back out there again, but I'm not sure.
2: We're going to try to find a, a most recent 1909. Actually, yeah. in 1909, I, I don't have this on top of my head, as if that's the latest, latest. It may not be. Is that the latest, latest, Bob, 1909? Yes. Okay, it is. So we'll try to find the latest, latest update yep. of uh, Windows 3. Now, there's other things that can be in your way. Antivirus, right? You could have an antivirus program causing problems. Any third-party things could be sitting in your system tray causing trouble with Microsoft for the update. Yep. So, you know, try to not run anything in the background while you're trying to do this update. Make sure everything's, you know, disabled or turned off when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, yeah. and then we're going to have to try to find a forced 1909 install for you. If it still fails, there's something up with your hardware, and you may have to reach out to Dell. And if this is still under warranty or no?
4: Yeah, it, okay. it, it is. It
2: is, good. So try the link that we're going to find for you. If it still gives you trouble, try to leverage your warranty a bit to see if they're having trouble with this Dell system. If you go out to support.dell.com and mm-hmm. put in your system tag, yeah, you should be able to find updated drivers where you may want to update the Windows 10 drivers on your system first and then try the 1909 if it fails again to see if there's any new drivers that might make this work for you. Have okay. you ever done that yet? Have you gone to Dell site?
6: I've gone to the site, but I haven't done anything there other than just check my information basically.
2: Yeah, go check for any updated or latest drivers that you can apply to your machine then okay. try the uh, update again. That might be where your problem lies. There might yeah, be some weird that, video driver or some motherboard driver that's causing okay. trouble.
6: Is this the reason I haven't progressed to 1909? Because I'm kind of stuck.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the updates okay. are not occurring. You're at
6: 1903.
2: Yeah. Okay. And so. In Europe go ahead, Bob.
1: All right. I'm um, I'm on 1903 myself right now, and I tried to go to 1909, but they pulled it back, so it wouldn't show up in my Windows update. So, go to your Start button and type in. In the in the search box, Windows Update, and click on Check for Updates. Because right now I see that underneath Check for Updates it says uh, Feature Update to Windows 10 Version 1909 is available. There's a link that says Download and Install
2: for for your machine. So they
1: they released re-released it.
2: Right, and I got lucky. Mine came through. I say lucky with air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Bob's had not updated yet, but again, it's not the end of the world. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I would say if everything's working okay, it's almost be careful what you wish for. We've always been kind of cautious right. when it comes to Microsoft and their updates.
6: Right. Yeah. It's just uh, you know an, an annoyance. I have to keep them paused. Right. Well, you, I can unpause right and pick up whatever works. Um, I'll get those right.
2: Exactly. It'll yeah. keep updating whatever it can update, but you do want to get further than 1903. And get over to 1909. Again, okay. thanks. to Our and if the NSA is, these are the people who will not generally tell tell anybody about a vulnerability because they want to use it against everybody. When the NSA tells you Microsoft has a problem with their operating system, you almost got to listen. Yep. Right. I mean, that's a scary. That's the that's the that's the rarest time we've ever heard from the NSA. Usually, they let the the actual secret is released to the bad guys right by accident that's generally what the nsa has been doing in this case they're letting us know we have to update so we should be a little more cautious in this case because of that that vulnerability and we put the link to that information as far as what the nsa said on a couple of past show links but we can put it up again what the heck yep take a look at it and you can see what i'm talking about okay all right ken
6: yeah i'll give give it a shot yeah good luck all right thank you
2: you're welcome Bye bye. Now, Microsoft had promised, you know, Windows 10 would be the the be all and the end all of these types of problems. But well, what these version of Windows been... 10? Yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? In Windows 10 has versions. It's got a bazillion versions. It's a it's a well, it mess. comes out with
1: a new version twice a year. You know, whatever the year is. Uh, 1603 1609 1703 1709 1803 1809 1903 1909 Yeah. Well, it's not March yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's how they do it. It is very confusing. If you think you have just got Windows 10 and everything's happy. I was just talking to somebody at our in my uh, community band who had an issue with his issue with his mouse or something like that. I think it was his pointer or something like that. He couldn't make it work. He didn't get an update and that made his Machine not work, so we forced an update for the operating system and it solved the problem. <laughs> I mean, just the weirdest stuff, and it's the year 2020 and this stuff is still happening. You just can't make it up. You really just can't. Let's go on to uh, Al and Avon next. What's going on, Al? Hi, guys.
0: Hey. Uh, quick one I've got a uh, new laptop,
2: NVHP. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, and I also have the desktop HPNB. Wow. One's 8.1 with the desktop and mm-hmm. 10 with the uh, laptop. Yep. And I installed, I had Malwarebytes on the desktop for five years. Mm-hmm. I hooked it up with uh, the laptop with that. Yep. And then an update about a month ago came through Malwarebytes with a new version. Yeah. I updated it, and the next day, I turned the unit on the laptop, and it went dead. It wouldn't even turn on.
2: It's not related.
0: Well, I didn't think so, but I called HP just to get the thing going. You know, you got a year of guarantee with it. Yep. Phone service. mm mm-hmm. They remotely accessed it. Yep. First thing out of their mouth was, uh, you got a problem with this, Some malware bytes. It's interfering, and... They went into the bias the whole bit, cleaned everything up
2: and well the bias is the malware bytes doesn't do anything in the bias
0: right they had to get in the bias just to get the machine going
2: though. well then that's the truth so there so there is the truth there, uh-huh. what they said about malware bytes was completely unrelated to going into your bias
0: that's what I thought that's why I'm calling
2: yeah they they they, they I'm not saying to say they lied but they didn't tell you the truth right. hey, malware bytes was causing the problem let me go into your bias and that's before the operating system even loads. And fix the problem with your system. That is a physical hardware problem with your system if they're in the bias.
0: Right. So that's what he did and yeah. it is fixed and yep. it is running.
2: And malware bytes is still on there, right?
0: No, I, I took it off the laptop and I'm
2: afraid to put it put back on. Put it back on because if he was in your bias, yep. that's where he solved your issue.
1: <laughs> that, it was a hardware issue, so, not a software.
2: Right. It's a hard it was a hardware problem. Um, I guarantee you that. So put you can put it back on if you like malware bytes. We have no problem with that. Well,
0: but. it's good as an adjunct where uh, I don't run it, but if I want to run it once a month, I mean it's not on constantly.
2: Okay, what's your constant antivirus?
0: Uh, McAfee Live Safe.
2: Okay, so then I would then then keep uh, malware bytes off until you have a reason to think you're you have malware.
0: Right, but by it. Being updated and just sitting there idle and doing nothing shouldn't have shut
2: my machine down. It did not. I promise you, it did not. Your, machines, so. your machine not booting and them playing around with your bias is all prior to the operating system. So, oh
0: yeah, yeah. He had to, yeah. He had to get into that just to get the screen to light up.
2: Right. That's a yeah. phys- that's a physical problem, not a software problem.
0: Right. Is that something I should worry about? Yep. <laughs> And it's still under
6: warranty.
2: So yep. Well, keep keep it plugged in and, and powered up. This is the laptop, right? Right. This is the sounds like the exact same problem my kids had with the Envy's because these my they just didn't charge it enough, and so they oh okay. Keep it well charged, and that was their problem because I'm literally week after their school started a year ago. Yep. I'm driving up to Yukon because my kid can't get his laptop running. I'm like, what's going on? It's brand new. But right. The battery wasn't charged. I'm
0: like, come on, it, man! So it also went so dead that you couldn't even turn it on.
2: Exactly, it was the exact same symptom you're describing. Wow! So I'm like, I'm like, come on, man! You got to power. You can't just leave it uncharged for days and hope it's going to work. Ever since he's charged it properly, it's never been a problem.
0: So I can literally keep it plugged keep, in. Keep it
2: plugged in, yeah.
0: Because I use it as a backup for the desktop so okay. i just leave it plugged in then. yeah
2: keep it plugged in keep the uh the case closed so you're protecting the screen and yeah that's what All i would do because
0: right. I, I love the thing it's yeah. in solid state and yep. i'll never go back to a regular hard drive yeah oh yeah which which you mentioned about backups earlier yep Could, what? what's your thoughts about a solid state external backup
2: it might be a little more than you want to spend out but i got to go off to a, qu- a break here you want to hold over Okay, sure. All right, we're going to step out for a quick break. Everything we've talked about is been posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. Mike has been posting feverishly. If you want to read that article about the NSA and why you've got to update your Windows 10, definitely check it out. Uh, We'll also be uh, following us on Facebook. If you like us at Tab Computer Systems, the information will get into your news feed. We'll be right back.